Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Emmanuel. No, not that one. Well, we are joined by Jesus Emmanuel all the time, but we're joined by Emmanuel Brooks. And we talk about waiting. We might even practice some waiting. So sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well. How are you doing, Nate? I am doing wonderful. Well, that might be a lie. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I notice you're joined with a, 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 you have a guest with you today. I do. Emmanuel Brooks is with me from Southern Nazarene University, formerly uh, of he, Orange, He's not Texas. from Southern Nazarene. No. I was well, going to say, he's from Orange, he's Texas. He's from Orange, Texas. Yeah. He say was, hey, Manny. Hey there, podcast listeners. <laughs> Was, Manny has a great podcast voice. He really He's got does. That real low. He does. We should have him do I'm our start intro. Start talking like Manny. <laughs> Say hello, podcast. Pontificating hello. pastors. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Manny preached for you this week. Manny preached the word of God this week, um, which is not. We talked about that last week on our podcast. We talked about the fact that that was going to happen, and I was excited yeah. about it. And then he um, decided he could stay in San Marcos with us for a couple days and visit. And awesome. So, uh, we uh, have you seen the sights of San Marcos, Manny? Um, I have driven by. Uh, what is it? Texas State. That's all I know. No. Yeah, that's that's most of uh, the the happenings at San Marcos, except for the river. There's also a river I know. Yeah, we drove across the river. I we don't... drove across the river. I didn't know we were doing but, that, but we did. That's a little better in summertime. And Aquarina <laughs> Springs, which is no more. It's called something else now. But The Meadow Center for Water and the Environment. That's what it's the called. The what? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my, but Judah got to go there this week, and they have the glass-bottom boats that they had uh, still. Yeah, I, used, I went on those. Yeah, when I was a kid, I went on them. And so this was the first time that Judah's gotten to go. He's been wanting to go since we got here, and for whatever reason, it was they were closed. Or, you know, it was just always something that kept us from... Uh, because you don't love Judah well, as much as your other you know, that's, that was that was the concern, I think, from Judah's perspective. <laughs> um, the youngest, I know how they think. Yeah, he was He was like... I'm a youngest. He, I think he actually said it at one point. Have we not been because you don't love me? Um, we always get ripped off. You know, he just, he does that sort of thing all the time. But um, he's learned how to use that, which is, yeah. which is great, you know. Um, it's another great trait of us youngest. Yeah, the youngest, they know how to use that whole... I'm the youngest, and you hate me. Um, Maggie got to do it. Jonah got to do it. Yeah, and you're a foot shorter and a hundred pounds lighter, and you're you're. We're no, we're not going to subject you to some of those things. But he's smart enough to know. But uh, he got to go the other day. Took some great pictures, uh, and uh, was really excited because you can just really see what's going on down there in the clear water. But I haven't taken yeah. Manny, I haven't taken Manny on the clear bottom boats probably because I don't love him enough either. I apologize. That's understandable. <laughs> it's okay. But uh, when I was a kid, I went to Ocarina Springs. This is gonna date me a little bit, 
And I got a crop top shirt. Oh, dude. You had to have... Like, was those it mesh? were in style. Was it mesh? No, it was, oh, like, right. black and white checkered. And me and my best friend, Simon, we got matching ones. Mm-hmm. And listen to this. Our <laughs> choir director, we were, like, in sixth grade, so we thought we were, like, super cool. So our children's choir director let us wear them in our performance and do the moonwalk. Why? <laughs> I, I'm glad there's no video no. of that. But. Oh. My mom showed me and my brother. Can you imagine me in us. a crop top oh, doing the moonwalk? Yeah, my mom showed me and my brother Our pictures of us doing, uh, doing the same thing at uh, uh, Disney World. We were or Disneyland, one of the two. We were walking around, and he had on the blue version of the crop, the cotton crop top with the mesh uh, sleeves, and I had the red version of it. And we all. Your worship leader is stealing drinks from the is, fridge as is. we speak. He's standing behind me. <laughs> He's, uh, this Tyler. It was, it was really creepy, oh, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you had the crop top or was it your brother? You said, I had, sorry, the same. I yeah, we, no, that's okay. That's okay. We had the same, same crop top. Uh, Sweet. I don't know. We need to find those. Maybe, maybe next time we're together, we could get some crop tops, Michael, and we could wear them. Well, you know, my Our brother, families would love my that. brother thought the whole thing was so funny that he, uh, he went and found this picture of me and him in these matching bathing suits standing on the the shore uh, in Galveston when we were a kid yeah. and he's wearing these big yellow goggles that are too too big for him and his yellow flippers and I'm standing there with my hands on my hip wearing my orange flippers with no goggles and you can tell that that's I'm kind of got my hands on my hip because I'm like where are my goggles <laughs> and mom took our picture and it is one of the funniest pictures well, Are you the younger? No, he's the younger. And so he's about oh, a foot shorter than me. And it's just it's a crazy picture, but he wanted to remake it for mom for uh for the holidays. And so Did you do that? Uh, so we did that, but now that I think about it, she doesn't know that and that's a surprise. So I don't know if we can publish this. Does, is she a podcast listener? She, she is sometimes, and so I'm not sure. All right. If we well, can if we can include that. I can part. either edit that out or I can uh I just I could just put it out after Christmas. If I catch her trying to listen to the podcast during the Christmas holiday, I can just tackle her. <laughs> no, awesome. Mom! You're going to ruin Christmas! So yeah. I'm sure we didn't bring Manny on here to talk about us in crop tops no. and swimsuits with no goggles. No, we didn't. What did we did, well, have you ever <laughs> taken a picture in a crop top? That's what we brought you on to ask. I don't think so. I'm not entirely sure what a crop top is. It just to means it's half a shirt, so you're definitely belly yeah. Not you out. just show your belly button a little bit. <laughs> nope, not on purpose. Yeah. No. At this point in my life, it's like the farthest thing from anything anybody wants to see. Yep. But me too. Yeah. Um, we probably did. Yeah, bring I used him on. to have abs of steel. Did you? Or other people call yeah. them ribs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought I had like a sixteen pack. Yeah, and then people are like, "No, those no, are your ribs, no, those Nate." Those are your ribs. <laughs> yeah. Boy, so. so, well, um, we did bring Manny on to maybe talk about some uh, some Christmas stories to talk about some uh, some of the significance of this holiday season and um, just to kind of get a, a picture of you know what what are the what are the concerns of a a ministerial student uh, for the trajectory of the church. So you're talking about mainly like maybe it's cold outside and stuff like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Have you I'm seen that? Kidding. Have you seen all the controversy around that? Oh yeah, yeah. 
Um, we, we yeah, it's a, that's not what we're going to talk about. That's today. not what we're going to talk about. Please, please no. <laughs> okay. Or that Rudolph is picking on people and are Rudolph's friends, or they're not really his friends, the bullies. The bullies. Yeah. Rudolph's about bullying. So yeah, yeah we're not going to talk about all that. What what would you like to talk about that's significant about this time of year, Manny? Oh, good question. Um, well, I've ever since I started interning and being intelligent enough to understand it, I've always loved the season of Advent, which is actually the season that this podcast is being recorded in. So maybe we could talk yes. about the ways that like having a more orthodox understanding of Advent could possibly help our entire culture. You know, it might eliminate things like. Black Friday and you know stuff like that. The whole consumerism. Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I we, yeah. we went to a. Uh, did I tell you about this? We went to this little this town uh, north of here, uh, and uh, and we went to this little Bethlehem village, right? You know, because people set up these plywood Bethlehem. Yes, villages. I think you did. And, uh, but we went, I don't know if I've told Manny, but we went and they had this elaborate, it wasn't like plywood sets. It was like brick and mortar, Bethlehem. And it, so it's up all the time. Like it doesn't come down and go back up. It's just up all the time. And they do an Easter experience there and they do a, and, uh, wouldn't that be in Jerusalem? Well, I, yeah, I, I guess, you know, but, I'm just but kidding. to our, to our South Texan eyes, I'm not sure that we know the difference between Bethlehem and Jerusalem in terms of, you know, the brick and mortar situation. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I think they just convert it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Uh, I'm just being a smart aleck. And they're just five miles apart. Get off it. Uh, the, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that today. I, I looked up, I think it's 9.3 miles from, or 9.3 kilometers from uh, Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And so I was just thinking, you know, after when Jesus was eight days old, they went to Jerusalem, and uh, and I wondered what kind of a trek that would be for a lady who just gave birth eight days ago. Um, yeah, and uh, such an just an interesting. I mean, it would take all day. Do you know what Bethlehem means in Hebrew? Tell us, tell us, Nate. Tell us. It means the house of bread. Oh yeah, as in the bread of life. Bread of Life. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, I think it was named that before, you know, Jesus was born there. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's a lot of significance there. That's cool. Sustenance, food. Yeah, you could go a lot of different ways there. Yeah. I've... So let's talk about Advent. Not everyone probably knows what this season is all about. So Manny, you want to tell us? You're in school now. Give us a... <laughs> Give us a rundown on Advent. You've been we'll to college. Throw some I'm, in stuff. I'm in school now. There's a uh, so for the church. There's a liturgical calendar for the entire year. We kind of make it fit our year, you know, because we use the Gregorian. That's a little bit off topic. We uh, so it starts with Advent, right? It starts with the expected waiting uh, for Jesus to be born. So we just restarted the church calendar back at the beginning of December. And happy then, New Year. Happy New Year. And then we move to Christmas, and then from Christmas we move into, you know, different seasons. It goes all the way around the year, so. Yeah. So Advent is a season of waiting, um, preparation. Uh, I, I think, it's, like you said, it's something our culture could, could listen to. Um, we don't really wait well for anything. I've, I was preaching and talking about how uh, <laughs> now we don't even wait 
um, like at Chick Fil A, mm-hmm. they like come to your car. You don't yeah. even wait to get to the They've little microphone thing. Two lines and people with iPads and mm-hmm. whatnot. It reminds me of that yeah. uh, that Black Friday commercial years ago where this lady stood at the glass the glass wall in front of the the uh, store and she's tapping on it going open 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 <laughs> open it was it, yeah it was everybody had seen the commercial at the time you you may not have been born at that point manny i'm not sure it was a long time ago maybe not yeah yeah we don't really wait very well no and I, i've talked about maybe that's how um our uh you know the current ever being in debt is simply a matter of not wanting to wait till you save the money to buy something just get it now and then you pay it off later um so we yeah we have this whole culture that's that's not much about waiting um and so it makes it kind of difficult to understand even Mm -hmm. what advent would be about and then also we wait for the second coming too so there's a lot of second coming passages in advent which is interesting when you start preaching a lot because you want to use different passages you don't want to use the same ones every year and and so, you know, everybody comes to church and they're ready for Christmas and you're like preaching, you know, um, the moon will be darkened and this, you know, <laughs> turn to blood, <laughs> Pillow, you know, the world's going to be falling apart. That was my first, that was the first passage this week that I preached. It was just like the world's going to just, you know, everything's going to pot. Yeah. And, and that's when you see the fig tree, you'll know that that it's getting close. Right. But apparently we, we're not the first generation to not to have trouble waiting. I mean, Abraham kind of got in trouble for not waiting. Yeah. And he was, he's the first, he's at the first end, front end of the story, I guess you could say. And he had yeah. a hard time waiting. And here we are in the back. Well, I don't know if we're on the back end or not. We could get into an end times discussion if you wanted to. But. Well, and then Saul, you remember Saul was supposed to be waiting on Samuel and he didn't. And he, oh, yeah. he went ahead and offered the sacrifice. Well, I, I mean, mean, it's yeah. just a common thing. Jacob didn't wait. I mean, he had to yeah. wait. He can't, you know. He but he. He's he a heel grabber. He's a heel grabber trying mm-hmm. to. I think the story of Israel is a group of people who had a hard time waiting. Well, yeah, you remember uh, Moses is up on the mountain, and they have to wait a little while to get <laughs> get the instruction from the Lord, and they just well, we'll make our own That's gods all right. because we'll, they're not waiting. Everybody, throw your gold in here. We're yeah, gonna, we're gonna melt it down and turn it into. These a are your gods who brought you up out yeah. of Egypt. So yeah, I I think it's a. <laughs> not just a current crisis, but I think it's been heightened for sure. Sure. Um, I read not too long ago a CEO who banned cell phones from meetings because I think it was a he realized that um, as soon as the person like giving the talk or the person like if who's ever leading the meeting, if they had to step out or whatever, everybody just went straight to their phones and, and you didn't get those normal conversations that happen right. in the waiting. Right. And so you didn't get all the creativity. He's in the waiting. And, He's uh, in the waiting. There's a line in the so song anyway, that says that. that God's, you missed out on a lot of things you get from just waiting. Yeah, just waiting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe that's why the doctor makes you wait, so that you can decide, oh, I'm not really sick. And <laughs> he's hoping you'll get up and leave. I think the doctor's just a sadist. <laughs> you just mean to us? <laughs> He might be busy. Yeah. Maybe people are really sick and he's just, you know, it takes time to heal. I don't know what the deal is there. but Or the DMV. No, Maybe the DMV. I, know I know exactly know that what the deal Manny is. mentioned the DMV on Sunday. I did. Uh, yeah, about how you know what it's like to wait. Uh, you talked about that. So it, for a cut, for, I'm just curious. Maybe, Manny, you can answer this for me. What does it look like 
to experience atonement in a culture that has a hard time waiting. To experience atonement in a culture that has a hard time waiting. I think that, well, I think that my atonement theory is a bit different than a lot of other people's. Uh, you know, a lot of people subscribe to an atonement theory. And when we say atonement theory, you know, it's just talking about the way that we believe that Jesus actually did the work of saving. Um, and I think that my atonement theory lends itself more to um, understanding that it, Jesus didn't come... God didn't set a bear trap in the beginning, right? And then humanity stumbled onto it. And instead of deciding that since humanity walked onto that bear trap, they have to live with it, God stuck his arm in there so that we didn't have to deal with it. Like, that's not what we believe, right? We believe that, like, God... At least in this tradition, God gave us full choice, and we decided to do the thing that was dangerous. It wasn't, and it wasn't that God set a trap for us. We decided to do the thing that lent itself to death and that ends in the end, you know. And God said that he would provide for us a new way, again, that he would do the thing that he did in the beginning, which is giving us life, again, right? And so, I mean, if your atonement theory looks more like that, then waiting looks like doing the life thing in the middle like choosing to live life choosing to give life i mean it's it's all moving towards something and that something is very good so i mean i don't know that i necessarily greatly answered the question but i kind of tried to <sighs> well yeah i think also waiting you know there's 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 always a not yet part of our being saved there's always parts of us that we are that god is transforming and so uh, being content to see those things and give them to God, like yeah. allowing allowing God's spirit to work those things out sure. in us, sure, um, without trying to control it on our own, and just to try to try harder or do more, yeah, um, trusting that God is working in us even when we can't always see fruit yet, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, so learning yeah. to to sit with God and to be with God and uh, not always just be active, always have to be full of activity, like doing this program or that thing right. or that other thing. So. Right, I think it's interesting that uh, in talking about this group of people, this Israel, in talking about the church and talking about atonement, people seem to, uh, re- we're always ready to move on. We have a hard time waiting um, then the only way to keep us in the moment and in the experience that we're having right now is with the stories of faith repeated. Right. You know, and the shared stories of, well, you know, I don't feel like much is going on right now. Oh, really? Well, I feel like a lot is going on right now because, you know, we just experienced this and we just had this happen and, and you know, shared hope. If, if hope, if we're stingy with hope, then, I mean, uh, that's, that's kind of a recipe for... Uh, for making babies that, uh, you know, with the maidservant, uh, you know, like Abraham did, or building towers uh, to the heavens that that happened at Babel, or, you know, whatever the list within the biblical story, there seems to be this ongoing list of the things that happen when we didn't share hope Mm -hmm. and started progressing toward, uh, I'm going to have to make this happen because God's absent from the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think think the fact that God sometimes feels absent, we always want to get to the, we're very results driven, so we want to get to the end result. 
instead of realizing that that waiting is actually forming us into the kind of person God wants us to be. Yeah. And that if you give a kid everything they want, they're not going to become the kind of kid that you want to be around. Sure. Like every instant that they want it, like we've all been around kids who've been brought up that way. And sometimes uh, you want to, you know, like say, mom, dad, (laughs) maybe you could not give them everything. Don't give them everything they want. You know, you know, well, I mean, fasting is that is that discipline where we deny our own self that which we want and sometimes that which we need um, to remind ourselves that we don't I don't actually need what I think I need. I probably need uh, food and water and sleep. And and beyond that, I'm calling a lot of my wants needs. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. And so then so then. Uh, I think probably if we if we experience that properly, it might lead us to more gratitude. It might lead us to a place where we appreciate more uh, what is being provided for us and and see God's providence and see God's atonement. And I think sometimes our our need for immediate gratification uh, keeps us from actually seeing what God is up to in our world. For me, I've been trying to practice silence, which is basically fasting from words and. Yeah. And allowing your thoughts to run wild. So maybe centering prayer, like centering on a, an idea or an image of God and mm-hmm. just being with God. And uh, I can tell you as an extrovert who likes to talk a lot and pontificate often. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We control a lot of situations with our words. Sure we do. So to not speak mm-hmm. means to lose control. Oh, right. I, talk, allow God I keep control. talking so that I don't have to be introduced to my real self. Right? Yeah. I'm, I don't want to meet me. because I've met I, that guy. Yeah, I didn't Dude, like him very he's much. He's the worst. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. But, no, I love him. Yeah. I love the real you. Well, so Whenever in, you let your guard down enough so I can see it. Yeah. Thank you. You're a punk. Um, pontificating uh. pastors and, and a punk pastor. That's what it is. And so... Within the context of this podcast, we always tend to deal with how that affects us as pastors and what is the responsibility from the pulpit, what is the responsibility from the pastoral role. Whether you're an ordained elder who is serving a local church and getting, a, you know, making your livelihood there, or you are simply a manager of five guys at some manufacturing plant, or the manager of a branch of a bank location or and you you're pastoring a small group of people you're leading them and you're guiding them and you're giving you know uh because because it has to it has to translate into uh how do i pastor how do i offer uh guidance through this season uh, manny are you learning anything that maybe is helping you think through that um i am i'm gonna start a different direction and try to come back okay i was uh, i was talking to Maggie Pig about this when I first got here. Uh, for a lot of people, I don't think that we understand that a lot of our actions come out of our deepest motivations. You know, like we we believe. So, like for me, one of the things that have always motivated me in choosing my career and you know whatever is that I've wanted to help people. Like that's everything kind of comes back to that for me. You know, theologically and philosophically. So to learn that you know God is relational made sense to me. 
it helps people to be in a relationship and stuff like that. And I mean, so uh, moving towards what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> I, how how do we take help this people? Yeah, how do we take this season of Advent and the waiting and the patience that is required and the story that we have and how do we help people exercise this Advent waiting? Hmm. So I started in the wrong place. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, I think I think that you have to have a good understanding of waiting. It has to be, you know, connotated in a way that like makes it feel good to you. You know, to to say that's I think that's what Nick's getting at with the whole. You can't just give a child everything that they want. You know, it's because when you're storied a certain way, it motivates your actions. If I believe that. You know, stoves are always hot because I burned my hot, my hand on a stove one time. Then that's really not very good, right? And someone would have to teach me, hey, you know, if a stove is off, then it's cool. You know, and we have to give people multiple ways to see a story, you know, so that they can understand it in their own life. And so to say, yeah, the Israelites had to wait, I mean, at least from the end of the exile, like 400 or something years through Greek and Roman occupation, to get to Jesus, and that Jesus wasn't at all what they wanted, so they really still feel like they're waiting to this day, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. Good things come to those who wait, but maybe not in the ways that we think. Okay. Yeah, I think um, as a pastor, one one of my main things is to just help people understand um, how averse we are to waiting and then try to encourage them in some simple steps to begin to learn to wait because I think even when people come to church uh, there's a very results driven approach to church so like what can I get from this thing Um, and so it's like even there we don't really want to wait we want the pastor to get up and say well here's four things um, that will change your life or whatever you know uh, four steps to being happy at Christmas time. And I think for me, it's more about um, teaching people practices that will help them to, uh, to kind of begin to slow down. So this year we gave everyone in our congregation, every family, um, the Advent devotional for free because we want them to begin to learn uh, what Advent's all about and also uh, what it means to sit and wait with God. So... Um, helping them get those practices, develop habits, uh, because it goes against everything that we, we, uh, we live. I was thinking about even the fact that how many people have a hard time waiting just to give or receive their gifts? Like, as oh, soon as yeah. I buy it, i got to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Or as soon as you get it, I want to open it, you know? So nobody sets a gift on the tree as much anymore and just says, I'm not going to open it till Christmas Day. Like that's even a simple, I mean, you could use that even in a sermon illustration really simply, you know, just to help people understand that our culture really um, resists this idea of waiting. And uh, we have to almost at times violently fight back. Sure. Not really violently, sure. but you know what I mean. In a culture where we get mad at our phones when the information doesn't arrive instantaneous. You ever had slow Wi-Fi? Uh-huh. Woo. And you just get so mad. Be over milliseconds. Yeah. Right? right? Like, you just, you say, okay, Google, and it takes Google a second to pop up, and then you're mad. Okay, Alexa, and Alexa doesn't. Well, that's because it's you know. Google. <laughs> Siri's not much better. 
Uh, actually, <laughs> I would say that Google is better than Siri, but that's beside the point. We didn't. We're not having that conversation. I don't think. But but you. But this that moment of waiting, we get so agitated. Have you ever been so mad at a stoplight? Yeah. Just because. Like, you don't even know why you're mad. I'm just mad because I'm stopped. I'm not moving. Right? Yeah. And there's just this sense that that things are passing you by and they're not happening. And I think probably uh, as a pastor, one of the most important things we can say to people is, uh, you know, the that he's in the waiting. I think that's important. But I think sometimes to prove it, we need to say... When they say, hey, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to have this? Are we going to have that? No. No, we're not. We're not going to have that. We're not going to add one more program to this already busy yeah. season of the year. As a matter of fact, we're going to dial it back just a hair so that you can maybe sit still for a minute. Uh, we're actually doing a Sabbath next month. It's uh, nothing on the calendar except for regular scheduled services. And we're just... Because we all know that Christmas is busy. Mm-hmm. And so... Sabbath is a little different than waiting, but not completely. It's that trusting that that even if we're not active and and doing it, that God's going to take care of it. So yeah, um, yeah. I I try to uh, when I go through, like when I'm at Target or Walmart, I find myself just I will just push my own. You know, the the natural thing is to be frustrated with all the people. I just start singing. Like I know it sounds like Buddy the Elf. Yeah. But I do. I just start singing like Christmas songs. The, and people look at me like I'm crazy and, or Christmas I whistle tree. them. Singing but yeah, um yeah, Buddy the Elf. Uh, it's awesome. But I just feel like that's even that practice is is a simple way to say like I'm not going to let the tyranny of the urgent overtake me at Christmas. Um, the tyranny of times, the urgent. Yeah. Yeah. Manny, you're a student. Do you ever feel the tyranny of the urgent? I do. I think <laughs> professors put that on you all the time. Oh man, yeah, those guys are bullies. I think <laughs> they need to learn to wait. <laughs> that would be a, that'd be helpful for me, so that I could uh, sleep or something. But for me, uh, waiting to make it a little bit less theolo- you know, theolog- theological. There we go. Mm-hmm. It took me a minute to get to that word. Um, I think that our problem with waiting comes from, or at least for me. It comes from not being comfortable allowing God to do the God thing, you know, which is what you talked about sort of with the mm-hmm. Sabbath. Yeah, like we control. have to, yeah. yeah, we have to allow in that moment, we have to allow God to provide for us, you know. Um, so that's, that's so hard, you know, in the waiting. It certainly is. It's, it's uh, I was watching an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and Data who was an android, was sitting and staring at a blank screen. Is he paranoid? I don't know. Never. He's an android. There's a song called Paranoid Android. No, I don't know. But he, he's sitting and he's staring at a screen, and his friend says, uh, Jordy, you know, the one with the visor, says uh, uh, he did Reading Rainbow. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, he, but I don't watch Star Trek. Yeah, so well, you're gonna I'm have kind to of a nerd here. Fill me in. So Data's sitting here, and he's an android, and he's watching a poem on a screen like and it displays uh, and uh, there's 47 minutes of silence in the poem and, and are you kidding me yeah for yeah exactly like and so he's just he's an android so he's just sitting there probably i don't know if he's 
turned off all other other functions, you know, or if he's thinking about other things or whatever. But I would that would be like the hardest thing ever to sit for forty seven minutes and wait for the next line of the poem, you know. We should make a podcast next Advent. <laughs> forty seven minutes of silence. Where we just integrate <laughs> silence. And we say a few words and then we wait like four minutes at a time. What if, what if, and I'm not. That'd be so awesome. And I'm not like a producer on this podcast, but what if we did like 30 seconds of silence, you know, starting like now, just to kind of, just kind of see what it feels like. Thirty. Was that, did like, we make it? Like twenty six, but we were close. Oh, we were close. Twenty six seconds. That's so yeah. close. <laughs> uh, I I could have sworn we were at thirty. Oh yeah. And I don't know what that noise was that came out. Of it. <laughs> I was. It was good. Dead air is killer, man. Oh, it is. Podcast, but apparently, maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder, but sometimes when we're driving down the road and and you know the 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 radio's been blaring for a while, I just turn it off and go, oh, thank God. <laughs> I used to do that when I had to listen to my kids stuff when they were little kids you know oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. what was that girl who used to sing about Freddy Spaghetti or something oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. hey Victor hey Freddy mm-hmm. let's eat some spaghetti hey Victor I'm ready to eat some spaghetti with you <laughs> pretty awesome right there yeah. I, <laughs> my kids would listen to that stuff and I'd be like turn it off please <laughs> yeah well, I mean, Silence. still, it's what my kids are listening to or what my wife is Your listening to. Your kids are to. still listening to Victor Spaghetti, Freddy? No, but they've got, you know, new versions of those kind of things that are, uh, you know. I, yeah, and then we went through the Jillian Smith phase. Yeah. We went through the Weird Al. Jillian Smith. The Weird Al. Oh, yeah, we did know, that too. And did the... I love Weird Al. The drive through In the drive through You know, it was terrible. It's like a 10-minute, 15-minute song. It's, you never heard Speaking it? Speaking of which, have you heard the restroom door said, Gentlemen... So I just walked inside. You ever heard that one? No. It's yeah. terrible. It's a Christmas classic. <laughs> is it really? Okay. Yeah. Well, the uh, the waiting is such a such a difficult thing. Um, and I think it's important. The church is... I was so impressed with that little church uh, in uh, Burnett, Texas that, uh, that built a Bethlehem simply to tell the story to the town. That was their, yeah. that was their goal. Why are you doing this? Well, I'm going to tell the story. Well, what would have been cooler is if they would have built it out of bread. The house of bread. The house of bread. Out of bread. bread. Hey, that's it's not very sustainable. Yeah, no. Birds would probably would have carried that away. I don't know. Have you ever left the communion bread out for a while and it becomes like this rock hard thing? It does. I have a feeling. It might be sustainable. It might be. If you put some glaze on it or something. I'm gonna try hey, it listen, next year for Christmas. That will be it, it brings Bethlehem. Yeah, it brings whole new meaning to the gingerbread house, right? You know, you could, dude. Yeah, the bread of life house. You could you could build a house out of uh, out of bread and invite people to come and take a piece uh, as communion. See, I'm not yeah. a, I'm not a pastor, but I feel like you guys are getting a lot of sermon illustration ideas out of this little conversation right here. So. <laughs> 
No, we just already have those. We're just oh, full of them. We're just, when you start preaching all the time, everything becomes an idea. It's like whatever it is, I think I see becomes a sermon <laughs> illustration to me. Is <laughs> that an original song by Michael? Peter? I don't no, think I that's still, exactly uh, how I it stole goes. that from the Tootsie Roll song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's yeah. too young for that. He is. You got to stop. I, stop. I feel like I'm being picked on for being young, but I'm like not even that young, you know. Yeah, like I'm, I'm 22, so yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. A this baby. is an ageist podcast. No, I know. I can tell. <laughs> I appreciate it. We're yeah. we're it's it's uh, the old clergy podcast. <laughs> so, old pontificating pastors. Last night we had a uh, carols, cocoa, and cookies, and. Uh, yeah. This has nothing to do with the waiting, but we had a, a really, really fun evening. Yeah. Had a little karaoke at dinner, and then uh, they had some tamales for us. And then we did some cookie, cocoa, and then we sang a bunch of carols and read the Christmas story. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was a fun evening with lots of uh, laughter and uh, singing. And So I was going to close by asking you guys, do you have a favorite christmas song like if you could only have one christmas song on repeat well that would be annoying rejoice no rejoice emmanuel oh boy that's yours we'll come to you're just using an advent one right i i you can you can talk about a christmas one um no i'm just on kidding. the rooftop click 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 oh <laughs> I think it's house top. House top. Okay. I, yeah. I, I I really like um, I really like. Uh, You've already said two. I know. Give somebody else. I was just gonna say, you know, I really like that one about in the meadow we can build a snowman, mm-hmm. and pretend that he is Parson Brown. Mm-hmm. He'll say, "Are you married?" We'll say, "No, man." <laughs> but you can do the job when you're in town. And then later on, they conspire mm-hmm. by the fire. Mm-hmm. So it's what does that mean, Michael? I don't know. I'm thinking that it was they got married by a snowman. They got so married that they could so that they could conspire. Sex, it wasn't premarital because postmarital. Postmarital because the snowman yeah. married them. See, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. Sorry, <laughs> I think that's what was going. We on. haven't had a we haven't had a podcast about premarital sex yet. Just about, about sex. the concept of it. I heard someone say of sex. I heard someone say that like. They got married to their wife really quickly because they just couldn't wait. You know, they just, like they pushed it through because you know, the sexual desire was so great. And I mean, if that's your faith tradition, then you know all faith traditions have some sort of validity. But like that can't be sustainable. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's a whole other. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're, give me a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back on if you want to talk about. It. Hey, speaking of which, next year. 2019 is the year of the questions for the pontificating pastors. So uh, send those in to pastor.nate.cook at gmail.com, and we will uh, answer your questions. So, Manny, write us a question, and we'll get into it. (laughs) Okay, we will do. You got a song? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I like, uh, well, I guess my mom was a really big R&B type fan, so she really liked uh, All I Need for Christmas is You, or... Is that it? Yeah. 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 Mariah Carey. The Mariah Carey version? Maggie, Maggie will come down the stairs going, all I want. I can totally see that. Yeah, she does it all the time. Totally it's her favorite song. She sings it in July. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, um, man, I am like a song nerd. I know probably more Christmas songs than about anybody you know. Mm-hmm. 
But this year it's been I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Oh yeah. Because verse three is like um, in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth. I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Yeah. And then the next one's like you know God is not dead nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Woo! So I I think in our in our day, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but in our day, um, and in a lot of days, to be honest, everybody always thinks they're living in the worst time possible. But, mm-hmm. but it seems like sometimes that that the the song of peace on earth and goodwill to men gets drowned out. But yeah. the reminder that that's not true, that Christmas and Easter and the Ascension and Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father tell us that. Uh, um, God is not dead, and yeah. so there is hope, and yeah. so that's that's my, been mine this year. We're gonna sing it on Sunday as a kind of going out because it's our last service before actually Christmas Day. So, um, but man, it's been good to have you, Manny. I think we're probably about I don't know how far we are because I don't have a timer on my thing. That might be a bad thing. That's why we keep <laughs> our podcasts keep getting longer and longer and longer. Pontificating so. on, yeah, but. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. You going to head back to Orange for Christmas? Yes, sir. I'll be there uh, this weekend. So, All right. Well, enjoy it. And uh, I'm assuming you, you may be going to see family, Michael? I am. I'm going to go to my mom's house. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. See my mom and my sister-in-law. They live in the same town, so we're going to spend a day with each of yeah. those people. Shelly's parents are coming in from New Jersey, so we're going to see them all. Sweet. Well, y'all have a Merry Christmas, and I will see you next week, maybe, if we can work it out Well, after Christmas. Depends on whether or not I hear the bells on Christmas Day. Mm. That's right. Yeah, you take care. Don't forget, we're taking questions next year, so we'll uh, submit those either through Facebook or my email I gave you, and uh, we'll, we'll begin doing that in January. Y'all have a great one. Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Love you too. Amen. All right, see ya. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.